Hi, welcome back to Write in 10. Thanks for listening. My name's Karen Alea, and I've been a writing teacher for a long time, as well as a writer. You can find out more about me at the writein10.com website, but this is a 10-minute-ish podcast released every week to get you motivated, teach you techniques, and then you write for 10 minutes. This month, we're doing something a little extra special, kicking ourselves in the booty by doing a 10,000 words in July challenge. If you want to participate in that, you can join anytime. Of course, it's free. Everything's free. And you just go to Facebook. Go to 10,000 Words in July Challenge. Ask to join. Or go to the Facebook group, Write in 10. That's the number 10. And you'll see more information there. But they're really good communities And the whole goal is to just get words on paper this month. One of the things I designed that can help you is the writing game plan. If you go to the website, Write in 10, there'll be a little drop down that comes right in front of your face saying, sign up and get your free game plan. That is automatic. Put your name and email I don't send spam. I don't sell your name or anything fantastic like that. Don't even know how to do it. But you'll automatically get a PDF of the game plan. And it's a lot of ideas from different places, but it's streamlined into, I think it's like five simple prompts. And you keep it in your notebook. Every time you sit down to write, you go through those, answer them. It gets quicker each time. Not only will it help focus you, but it's a really good way to understand your own process and to keep track of where you are in your writing as far as your plots and characters and motivations. You'll be able to page through and underline and find everything you need right there. So go get that for free and let me know if it helps you or even if you have any ideas to add to it. I'd really appreciate that. You can contact me directly at karen at writein10.com. While you're getting words on paper this month, I want to talk a little bit about description and how you can immediately use that Even when you're done with this podcast, just go directly to your writing. We had a listener write in, and I know this person from high school. So, hey, Jim Denko. And he is a journalist, and he said that his best writing advice is this. Try to pack as much information in as few words as possible. My favorite example is the opening lines of Springsteen's Thunder Road. In parentheses, a journalism professor pointed this out, so it's not my own thought. Quote, the screen door slams, Mary's dress sways. Think about what that says about the character and the setting. And he's absolutely right. You don't find a screen door slamming in New York City as much as you would picture it on a farmhouse. And the same idea with Mary's dress swaying. 
that's a different kind of dress than a power suit that you might find someone wearing in Chicago. Think about this scenario. There's a couple eating dinner. You read about how the chair screeches on the floor as the woman pulls it out. She focuses on a spot that's on the tablecloth. You hear maybe the clink of utensils. There's a half-melted candle that's lit in the middle of the table where the black smoke from the wick is flickering up. Just with those descriptions, you're already getting this uncomfortable, things aren't together, something's going on, I don't like the screechy sounds. And with just that, you're setting up what's going on internally with the couple without having to, of course, say, oh, this is going to be a bad meeting. Here they are. They're going to break up. They're going to be talking about bad stuff. You already have painted it with how you've described the setting, plus how you've described the objects. Notice that I said utensils, because you're going to hear something different in the second scenario. Again, go back to this dinner. Now she sits in a comfortable padded chair. You notice the crisp white tablecloth, the sparkling silver, and maybe there's a vase in the middle with a peony. I love peonies, so I had to pick that. You can put a rose in there. I don't care. It's up to you. You could put a dying black rose. Write your steampunk novel. Go for it. But already, we see something different when there's that comfortable padded chair and the tablecloth. And notice the word utensil has changed to silver. We have something already that's comfortable, luxurious, maybe echoes something wonderful in the relationship. Of course, authors can use both these types of descriptions and put a twist to it. So you don't have to have these images and the plot following together. You can have the images of the crisp white tablecloth and all those beautiful things and then have her tell him something devastating. But the way you're using that description is part of your plot, is part of your story, is part of your memoir or even article. When I ask students, what is the strongest part of speech in a sentence and in your writing? A lot say adjectives, and then a lot want to get edgy and go, it's the verbs, those action verbs. But it's your nouns, your solid nouns. Think of the difference of picturing in a book someone driving a car. Now, picture them driving a Camaro. That has changed the whole attitude of the person, their whole background, maybe even what they look like to you. Adjectives, of course, can be very on point. Think of Prince using adjectives and nouns. He didn't say she wore a hat. He said she wore a raspberry beret. And when you're describing setting, those things definitely come in. 
A great thing to describe is someone's bedroom, where they sleep, even if there's no sex in your novel whatsoever or memoir. It's great to describe someone's bedroom because that's their little hidey hole for their whole personality. And when you do that, a great way to help the reader feel like their feet are firmly planted is to describe things spatially. Describe them as you would see when you walk in a bedroom. You don't always have to go left to right, but you can go with what are the largest objects that you would see first. So, of course, that would be the bed and the bedspread, if there's a big picture, if there's a chandelier. And then, if you're describing anything else, branch off from there as what you would see. Sometimes I know you're reading something and the author jumps around from the bed to the back corner where there's a scratch on the wall, back to the nightstand. And these things can jolt the reader. And so when you're using things to describe in any setting, try and go for those larger things first. And then that starts painting the atmosphere and you branch off to the left or right from there. The last thing when you're describing things and having it be part of the story itself is remember that it's part of the story. Don't linger on items that aren't going to be used in the story. And what I mean by that is don't linger on a vase in the middle of the dining table if it is not going to be picked up later to kill the main character or whoever. When we spend more time describing something, it cues the reader that this is important and I want you to remember this, even if that's a subconscious thing for them. John Irving used this really well in his book, The World According to Garp. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there are different books where you'll see something that in the end really becomes significant. So now get to your own writing and really work on understanding that descriptions are plot and they are character. They're not a separate piece which is a good book, by the way, that we had to read in 10th grade. So go after those nouns. Describe things spatially for the person so that they feel part of the scene and they're seeing it as a real person would. And then remember, either linger or don't linger. If you found this episode helpful, I hope that you'll share it. I would love you to share it in a Facebook group somewhere, put the link to it, tell your friends, and a very important thing is if you could subscribe and rate and review. Writing a review changes the algorithm so that more people can see that this podcast exists. And to finish it off, I want to talk briefly about the affiliates that I use and love. I put them down in the description there. There's Scrivener. A lot of writers use that. I do. It's a great way to organize writing. 
Skillshare. Skillshare is amazing. You can listen to a whole class by Roxane Gay on writing personal essays, which I highly recommend. But I saw some today on digital art and even interior design. And there's one on houseplants that I think I really might need more than want. So I might watch that one. It's affordable, and I have a little deal going that you can utilize right there at the links. And then the last is Grammarly. Grammarly, you hook it up somehow in magic cyberspace. You click a button when you sign up. Signing up is free. And then this green dot follows me everywhere. So when I'm writing an email or I'm publishing and writing about this episode, even when I'm posting on Facebook, the green dot appears and it tells me if I am messing up or how I can make everything better. And of course, that's very useful when we're writing. I hope you'll get a lot of words on paper this month. Again, look for us, the 10,000 Words in July Challenge. See you next week, and stay well.